What is up guys and welcome to the Meeple Minded Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason and welcome to you and welcome to the year 2022. Hasn't really started how we thought it was going to start, has it? Let's be honest. It definitely hasn't started how we thought it was going to start for us because, as you've probably guessed by now, I'm here by myself. Unfortunately... Just after the new year, I was placed into COVID jail, which of course means I'm having to self-isolate. And obviously that means James can't be here for our scheduled recording day. So yeah, you get me on my own, I'm afraid. Paul will be here a little bit later to bring you your news, your first news of the year. But other than that, I'm just going to sit here and talk basically random stuff, I think that's happened over the past few weeks since we went on our little Christmas break. Um, what's happened with me, apart from obviously having to, to go into COVID jail, I've been doing a fair amount of hobby. I've got some new games for Christmas as well. So plenty to, to sort of talk about. It won't be a particularly long episode because we all know I don't really like sitting here doing this by myself. I much prefer having someone to to bounce off of. So don't worry, you damn got to put up with my... Uh, my nonsense for all that long. But anyway, we hope you all had a fantastic Christmas and New Year. Um, hope you got lots of hobby goodness for Christmas. Hope you got lots of hobbying done over the Christmas break as well. For those of you that had time off of work, with the fact that the global pandemic, if you like, is still with us, we hope that all of you are safe and well and uh, continue to be so into the new year. Have any of you got plans this year for tabletop gaming hobby games that are coming out? Have you got a, a bucket list that you've put together for this year? Or maybe even one of those horrible New Year's resolutions that's gaming related. We'd love to hear that from you. So hit us up on any of the social medias and let us know about that because I know that we've definitely got some. May well talk about that in the coming weeks when James is able to return into the studio with me. But yeah, so what happened with me over Christmas? Well, I got a few new games, literally. I think it was New Year's Eve, if I remember correctly. Uh, might have actually been Christmas Eve, actually. Now I think about it, Cora Quest was delivered which was a Kickstarter I backed earlier on in the year. Really, really nice sort of family dungeon crawler, if you like. Um, we are going to talk about it a lot more in a few weeks because I'm going to get James to be playing this. I, I played this when it was on Kickstarter. We played it on Tabletop Simulator as part of our Monday night's online gaming, and we really, really enjoyed it. I know at least three of the group actually went and backed the project for that exact reason that it was that good all of the artwork designed by kids really really love it the theme is fantastic so really look forward to getting that to the table and introducing it to the likes of james and a few others at my local gaming club so that turned up christmas eve and then on christmas day i was gifted a few games that i had asked for now i love my small box games we all know this and as such, I had a few delivered. I had an addition to the Facade Games collection that I have. Obviously, I backed Bristol 1350 and loved it so much that I decided I wanted the rest of them. So I've started with Deadwood 1876. Haven't actually managed to get that to the table yet, but it seems like a very, very interesting game. A little bit of social deduction element to that, which I really do like. I also got a new game to add to my health tick collection, which was Misty. Again, haven't played it yet. Obviously, I've been on my own. So really looking forward to getting that to the table as well. Other hobby stuff that I got, these weren't presents, but they were more presents to myself. I invested into a new resin 3D printer. I've upgraded my photon, any cubic photon. I've upgraded that. 
to being the Anycubic Mono X, which is nearly double the size. So I'm going to be able to kick out far more miniatures, which really helps because I'm starting to look into trying gaming systems like one page rules and stuff like that. So I've downloaded a few of their models. A couple of the players at my local club, they, they also have downloaded models and we're all looking at starting up a, a little mini league, if you like, with regards to those rules and just giving them a real good play. So you may well hear us talking about that in the future as well. And also the possibility the maybe that is the future for miniatures companies like games workshop you know as more as time and time goes on 3d printing is getting better and better less people are going to be buying those pre-made plastic kits so maybe the future could well be gw selling files in order to print at home and maybe just selling game rules game books that kind of stuff so essentially becoming black library you know they already own black library maybe that is the future they are just a rules company who knows that's an interesting conversation let us know what you think to that as well other hobby that i have indeed been doing over christmas i've been using my isolation very very wisely as well i have been building scenery for my gaming club I'm focusing at the moment on doing like a cyberpunk city, which is sort of shipping containers that we currently have. But in, in the far future, all of these things are kind of redundant and they're using them to build cities out of that. So we've got sort of a really run down city made of shipping containers just stacked on top of each other and then buildings put inside them. We're not too far away from it at the moment. Like I've seen even close to where we are down in Brighton in the south of the UK. They actually have some housing there which is completely built out of shipping containers and they look lovely. You wouldn't know that they were shipping containers to look at them. But that's how they were built. They stacked them on top of each other, cut them up and all that kind of stuff, fitted them out really nicely. Obviously, I've not gone for the nicey-nicey approach with this. They're all quite rusted stuff like that they've all got different panels on you know be it metal panels stapled to the side of it some of them have just literally been left with that corrugated card some of them have been concreted over and it's sort of cracked and some of them have I've got brick they are they're bricked over and stuff like that so I've gone for a real nice variation on these buildings but I've also decided to try and make it all modular so no matter what you do they can stack in different ways be really great for wargaming be fantastic for uh, role playing games in a in a in a future setting sci-fi setting be great for that a rough idea of where I got the idea from I can tell you exactly where I got the idea from I watched black magic crafts uh, video on his cyberpunk city and it's basically the same premise I haven't copied it like for like but that was where the first idea really hit me so really really easy to do it's all made out of foam core corrugated card that kind of stuff really really simple to put together I've done quite a few of them now and the formula is, is really easy and quick to do so yeah printed off some sci-fi greebles as well greebles being those little it's that terminology if you like the little bits and bobs that really make a building stand out things like air conditioning units stuff like that all st stuck onto the sides of the building using old wire from torn apart vcrs that kind of stuff having them wired around the sides of the building as well really adds to the detail so yeah hobby has been uh, hobby has been really good actually over christmas for me I, I had every intention of doing a lot of hobby while i was on break over christmas unfortunately because of my situation i haven't been able to return to work so far this year hopefully by the time this comes out i will definitely have returned back to work because obviously when i'm not at work i don't get paid but it's not fair to put my colleagues in in danger i know at least one of them listens to this podcast so hello to you 
it's not fair for me to put them in danger. Same as it's not fair to put my, you know, my friends and family in danger. So following the guidelines of, you know, staying at home, self-isolating was always going to be the way to go. I never thought I'd say this. I'm really looking forward to actually going back to work because I have been so bored sat at home. But it's for the benefit of mankind that we're doing this. Hopefully we are on the way out of this, though, because I will say for me, it's been nothing more than a cold, really. So it, it it's evident that the virus is getting weaker and weaker and at this point i think it is a case of let's go out let's all get immune to this kind of stuff get your vaccinations all that kind of stuff to protect yourself from anything serious but really it's it, this thing is here for a long time so let, let's move on let's get back to gaming because that's all i really want to do i've been craving to go and game ever since we closed down for the christmas break and it, it's tearing me apart that i haven't been gaming I, i've lost out on so many potential games and, and learning new games in order to review them for the podcast yeah we had plans that we were going to do 20 odd games between christmas and new year and for various reasons through me having to self-isolate people not being free on the on the nights where i wasn't self-isolating that kind of stuff or before i was self-isolating it's really, really it just hasn't worked out, and we've only managed to get maybe three new games in over the Christmas period. So hopefully that will change in the coming weeks as I come out of self-isolation. So let's talk about what's to come in 2022. Now, last year we had I wrote out a massive, massive long list of potential subjects that we could talk about on the podcast, and we've barely touched it, which is great because it means I haven't had to go and rewrite that same list. But this year. I really want to focus on this list. And I do think there's some real ones on here. We promised promised you last year and we never actually delivered on it properly that we were going to do a mental health in gaming episode. Now, I am reigniting that promise. However, that promise will 100% come to fruition this year because it is vitally important. And knowing that a lot of people now will be coming out of having to be stuck in their homes through various lockdowns and stuff like that we really do feel that this is the time that we need to talk about mental health and how gaming and hobby in general can really help with mental health we will be getting paul in the studio to talk about that as well because obviously paul has a history with his with his own mental health and how gaming actually helped him so we will be bringing him back in the studio to talk about that his experiences and how he views gaming can help with mental health. So look forward to that one. We have got, like I said, a massive long list, but just to pick a few off this list, we want to talk to you about underrated games. We want to talk to you about gamer types, creative games, chill out games, push your luck games, abstract games, strategy games, war games. You know, we want to talk to you about all these different types of games. We're going to stick in some top fives with any luck now that James is starting to get a bit more variation to his gaming repertoire as we would say obviously he is still the noob amongst us unfortunately sorry james but you know i want to talk about something as stupid as like what about stupid game names game names that make no logical sense or even have any relevance to the game they have there's quite a few out there i'd like to talk about that let's talk about classics i even want to break down why people hate monopoly so much and i can say that when i'm here by myself because i'm not going to get stabbed for saying it but i want to talk about monopoly and why people don't like it including me you know what is it that's so bad about monopoly cluedo and all of the classics we're going to dissect those games and really talk to you you know just what's good about them and what it is that people don't like about them and how those games could potentially be better in a modern 
setting. So yeah, so many different topical discussions we can have, so many top fives that we can do. We're really, really going to try and push the boat this year. Now that we are settled in the way we are, we're heading towards our second year. And to be honest, that is a milestone that I am amazed even now that we are we are heading towards. I'm so, so very proud that we are. We have grown as a podcast quite a bit since we started back in, oh God, when was it? It would have been 2020. Um, so long ago now. Where where has the time gone? I know, you know, and, and the way the world has been, it's, it's been mental. The past year and a half to two years has been absolutely mental. But anyway, other than what I've stated, we would love to actually get some a little bit of feedback from you guys, the listeners of our podcast. We would like to know what is it you would like to hear us talk about? Is there any particular games you want us to try? We're always open to these things. One of the games I'm desperate to try this year is Ark Nova. It's blowing a storm through the community at the moment. But yeah, it's so rare in the UK to get at the moment. Loads of places have got it on pre-order. I've got it on pre-order in two separate places. I'm that desperate to get this game. But yeah, when that one arrives, you can damn well bet that that is going to be straight onto my gaming table. No doubt whatsoever. Really looking forward to playing that. But yeah, any other games you guys recommend that we should get to the table sooner rather than later, let us know. Any of the social media platforms, Discord, we're really going to push that this year as well. I've been on there over the Christmas period. We've now got a 3D uh, 3D printing and design section on our Discord. So those of you that are out there that do 3D design, 3D printing... It's a place for you to share your work, get feedback, share some settings for your printers. Why not? I know when setting up my new printer, I've had quite a few people talking to me about settings and what I should be looking for. I've spent far more time dialing in my settings with this printer. And so far, it's working really well, really enjoying it. We obviously have a scratch building section on there. So a lot of the stuff that I've been working on that I was talking about earlier, the Cyberpunk City, I've been posting regular pictures of that and just how they have progressed from essentially the raw materials to the completed buildings. We've got the board game discussion on there. We've got general discussion. There's even a not safe for work memes section on there, which obviously we have made age restricted. So those of you that are under 18, you will not be allowed to access that section. But everyone is welcome on that Discord. The links to that will be in the podcast description, or you can find it on most of our social media platforms as well. So this year, another thing I want to announce is we are a 100%, at least me and Paul will be at the UK Games Expo every single day friday saturday and sunday we are also arriving there on thursday so those of you that will be there let us know you're going to be there you can come and meet us in person that's no problem we would love to actually meet some of you we would even like to share a game with you if you want to game with us let us know we'll try and get you penciled in shall we say and we'll make sure that that happens because we are going to be going out and about this year as much as possible i'm hoping to get to dragon meet as well if i can can't guarantee that one but uk games expo is totally booked the hotels are booked the tickets are booked we're definitely 100 going i'm hoping to drag james along with us as well the aforementioned kiri that we have talked about a couple of times who is a kind of a behind the scenes person here who i learn a lot of the games with before then going and teaching other people i'm hoping that she will also be joining us my partner will be joining us so there'll be a nice big group of us going all representing the meeple minded if we can get some interviews while we're there that'll be even better other things to expect this year, we are going to continue doing interviews. We are hoping to get some of the guys from Board Stupid back in here, as well as my good friend Ant from the MTVB podcast, talking about all things games as well. 
we'll do a catch up with those we'll be hopefully getting some more games in this year with those guys as well because they are a really great bunch of guys really enjoy playing them they did a massive massive favor to us uh in their summary episode of uh 2021 where they they mentioned the meeple minded and myself quite a few times so big thanks to you guys there simon wayne and tom really really enjoying the show you're doing keep keep doing it and hopefully we'll get a lot more crossover going this year we've got a few other interviews that we are working on from various game companies uh, around the uk possibly even some from abroad but those ones are a bit harder for us to work out especially as we're not currently in our new studio yet however that one is coming along very very nicely i'm hoping by the end of february we will be in our new digs it will be a proper studio that is set up for us uh which will enable us to essentially come in in the middle of the night in order to do interviews uh over the interwebs and uh yeah just open our scope a lot lot more really really looking forward to that but anyway i'm going to stop rabbiting on because my throat is starting to go dry i've run out of tea I've run out of water, so it is time for me to say goodbye. I am going to hand over to our man in the new shed. It's really good to see him back. And yeah, Paul, time for you to help me spend some more money. So, Brian, what chocolate have we got left before you start our New Year's resolutions? Uh, No, I don't do nuts. Chocolate eclairs. I'd rather keep my teeth, thanks. Oh, well, we're all out then. Okay, I suppose we should try and do some exercise if we're going to get in shape for UKGE this year. Okay, well, you can spot me then. I need a three count, okay? You ready? Up. And down. Right, time for the other eyelid. (laughs) I know, it's a great gag, isn't it? Okay, I suppose we better go and check what's been happening in cardboard land, haven't we? And even we can do jingles too, can't we? Hit it! What with the slew of Star Wars content that hit us during 2021, from The Mandalorian, The Bad Batch, and more recently The Book of Boba Fett, it's no wonder that Star Wars game was bound to emerge at some point and not just the announcement of the Star Wars Outer Rim's unfinished business expansion. What has been announced is a reskin of the classic love letter based on the characters revolving around Jabba's palace scenes in Star Wars Return of the Jedi. So bow down to the huts as you attempt to woo a cast of classic characters such as Boba Fett, and Luke Skywalker in Star Wars Jabba's Palace A Love Letter Game. A new version of the popular social deduction game Love Letter, Star Wars Jabba's Palace has players competing to survive the lawless world of the ruthless intergalactic crime lord. Similarly to the original card game, Star Wars Jabba's Palace challenges its combatants to cut their opponents out of the game, whilst withstanding others' attempts to eliminate yourself. Players begin the game with a single card displaying a number and featuring a unique effect. Cards can have both beneficial and negative effects, which will trigger at various times. For example, Boba Fett's ability enables players to take a card from an opponent, whereas Salicious Crumb's effects allow the holder to look at the hand of another player. Every turn, we'll have players draw a card and play a card from their hand, with certain cards leading to the elimination of other players from the game. The cards included in the Star Wars Jabba's Palace feature characters from both the Rebel Alliance and Jabba's crew, 
with each type of card affecting the outcome of the game in their own unique way. Besides the standard win condition, which requires a player to be the last one standing, Star Wars Jabba's Palace also contains alternative win conditions decided by agenda cards. With agenda cards in play, the win condition of the game changes depending on which one is currently active. For instance, the exalted one has the player with the highest numbered card in their hand win. The Jabba's Court card rewards the person with the most cards from Jabba's crew in their play area whereas the Rescue Mission card ensures victory to the person who played the most Rebel Alliance cards. Star Wars Jabba's Palace, a love letter game, is set to be released on February 11th at a retail price of £11 or $15. Create, run and play campaigns of Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition featuring characters with disabilities, neurodivergence and mental illnesses using Limitless Heroics. A supplement for the fantasy role-playing game, Limitless Heroics, including characters with disabilities in 5th edition, enables players to create characters who have symptoms that may affect various aspects of their lives. Featuring over 450 symptoms of disability, neurodivergence and mental illness, Limitless Heroics is intended to support greater representation and understanding within the tabletop role-playing game industry and community. Players and Dungeon Masters will be able to reference the real-world examples featured within the supplement to help them to better represent their character's symptoms within the role-playing game. Alongside tutorials that discuss why and how these symptoms should be represented within D&D 5th Edition, players will be able to select from the symptoms including with the supplement, as well as using an online generator, which will have been written using the experiences of dozens of people with diverse symptoms, to ensure that representation are accurate and sensitive. The symptoms tables featured within the supplement will help players and DMs to select their character's symptoms, as well as how often and strongly they manifest. Limitless Heroics also includes almost 100 magical items that are designed to assist those with symptoms to pursue their various quests and adventures more easily. The creative team behind the Limitless Heroics supplement is made up of writers, editors and artists with disabilities, neurodivergence and or mental illness or chronic illnesses. Limitless Heroics is set to be published by Wormworks Publishing, a studio that's dedicated to improving the representation of disabilities within the tabletop gaming industry and community. The Kickstarter campaign for Limitless Heroics is live now with pledges starting from just £19 with both indexed audio versions, dyslexic friendly PDFs and print-on-demand files. And talking of Dungeons & Dragons, with Games Workshop originally the only European outlet for the role-playing game, it leads us straight into our next story. The new honours list was revealed recently with a notable entry and familiar face to gamers from many a background, and that was Games Workshop's co-founder Ian Livingstone, or should I say, Sir Ian Livingstone. Games Workshop was founded back in 1975 by Livingstone alongside Steve Jackson and John Peake. It originally started out as the European distributor of D&D. The company eventually released their own Warhammer line of games and the magazine periodical White Dwarf, which Livingstone served as the editor of until 1986. 
Sir Ian Livingstone is also known for his fighting fantasy series of books, many which are alongside Steve Jackson. The archetypal choose-your-own-adventure game books that taught generations of gamers that it's a good idea to leave a finger between the previous pages in case you die from whatever was behind that door. Livingstone's other contribution to the world of Warhammer, however, is probably in the form of Citadel Miniatures, a company originally producing miniatures for many games before becoming the backbone of the Warhammer fantasy and Warhammer 40k side of the hobby. With all these tabletop-based gaming prowess, the newly knighted Sir Ewing Livingstone was not knighted for any of those reasons though. Instead, he was granted the knighthood for his services to online gaming, which is in reference to Livingstone's time at Eidos Interactive and Square Enix in the 90s and 2000s. But we're sure the rest of it had something to do with it as well. Arise, Sir Ian Livingstone. And we're heading on over to crowdfunding now, and all three of these are on Kickstarter at the moment. First up is Ham's Sandwich Shop, designed by Kengo Otsuka and published by Graphic335. It's for two to three players, takes 30 minutes, it's for a year's eight and over, and it ends on Friday, January 21st. Ham Sandwich Shop is a very cute board game about making delicious sandwiches with the help of a hamster chef. This is a small house on the outskirts of town. It is a sandwich shop run by a hamster. The kitchen is busy as the chef snacks on food and the recipes keep changing. Will he be able to make a good sandwich? The game is played by moving pieces on topping tiles arranged in a circle forward one to three steps, acquiring one of the topping tiles and stacking it on the top of the desired bread. The recipe changes depending on where the pieces stop and when they match the recipe, you can declare the sandwich finished. When the sandwich is successfully completed, the player is awarded a gold star, and the player who collects three stars wins. And with only one pledge level, it's just £23 for the game. Next up is Dom Pierre, designed by Costa Arola and published by Pile Up Games and R&R Games. It's for two to four players, takes 60 to 120 minutes to complete, it's for 12 years and over, and ends on 24th of January. At the end of the 17th century, a French Benedictine monk in charge of the cellar at Hautvelier's Abbey made an important contribution to a differential wine from that region. As a result, it became possible to produce wines of superior quality, particularly in white wines made from black grape varieties. While Dom Pierre Perignon initially felt the sparkling of the wine was a negative feature, the consequent increase in both quality and quantity created the path that led to the appreciation and recognition of champagne. Throughout the 18th century, several champagne houses, or champagne maisons, were founded and a new business dynamic grew in the region. These houses replaced small farm and monastery production in leading the evolutionary process of champagne, and by planting more vineyards or buying grapes from other producers, or both, they mastered the specialisation. Despite production growth, improved quality and increased popularity, trade did not reach spectacular rates during the 19th century, which is why the game Dom Pierre is much more about winning prestige than earning money. In the game, you are responsible for one of the oldest champagne maisons producing and selling wine all over Europe, not to mention the other side of the Atlantic. The local economy will be boosted, employment increased, and your brand will become universally recognised. To make sure all this happens will require a chain of actions that starts in your vineyard. You need to look for continuous improvement, 
Constantly react to your opponents and optimize your choices to build the most prestigious Champagne Maison. In game terms, on a turn you move up a disc on the winery game board and perform an action. With the actions becomes more powerful as the game progresses. You'll plant in the vineyards, harvest crops, buy grapes from neighbours, make wines in your cellar, some being more valuable than others, allocate salespeople on four market routes and workers in the vineyard and cellar, as well as acquiring the necessary accessories to improve production. Now you can pledge £37 or $49 for the base game without any stretch goals, or for £44 or $59 that will get you any unlocked stretch goals as well as the game itself. Right Brian, I think you might need the beat machine for this, seeing the name of the game. Ready? Another Fetch Quest published by AdMagic. This is for 2 to 7 players, takes 30 to 45 minutes to complete, for 11 years and older and ends on March the 2nd. Another Fetch Quest is a fast and fun party card game with a fantasy theme that pokes fun at one of the most annoyingly unnecessary elements in any RPG, the Fetch Quest. So you take the role of one of the Kingdom of Renfair's most mundane of heroes and use your wits to conquer the quests before your rivals do. Each player is represented by a character which have unique stats and special abilities. You take turns adding quest cards with difficulty values that correspond to player stats to the notice board until a player is challenged. When a player is challenged they see if their stats and loot if needed can overcome the challenges of the quests. A player can win in one of two ways, if they win three challenges and get three success tokens, or if the player is the last one standing when all the others fail three challenges. And a pledge level is just £17 or $22 for the game itself, but there are a couple higher pledge levels offering a chance to help on aspects of the game, from quests to loot cards. And over on to events now, and right peeps, it's time to break out those shiny new calendars we all got for Christmas and start filling it up with upcoming gaming events. Go on, go get them. Right, you got them? Good. First up is myself and the Mid-Sussex Meeples here in Burgess Hill on the 23rd of January. We're sticking out our usual haunt of Cypress Hall in Cypress Road, RH15 8DX. The day starts at 10am and runs right through until 6pm. £5 per head, as usual, with tea, coffee, squash and biscuits on tap. With the Omicron doing the rounds, we've been asked to keep our faces covered as best possible whilst using the hall, as well as performing a lateral flow test before attending. I do have a few plastic face shields I will be bringing along for purchase if required, so at least we can see each other's faces. I certainly look forward to seeing all of you that can make it. And there's not long to wait until the next game day, as Abby's Surrey Board Gaming Group will be hosting theirs the following weekend on Saturday the 29th. Her day runs from 10.30 until 5.30. As far as I know, her prices stayed the same at £5, with the location of their new digs being 7th Rygate Scout Group Hut, Temperley Gardens, Red Hill, RH12AP. And weekly events are beginning to get back up and running too. Wednesdays has Crawley Gaming Community being hosted at the newly revamped store, the comic shop in Crawley. Tending to gather from 6ish onwards until close, £5 per evening with plenty of snacks, drinks and even pizza for purchase if that's what you wish. Thursdays sees three groups running in the form of Worthing Board Gamers down at the Ardington Hotel in Worthing from 7 o'clock. 
Dave is now back and fighting fit over in Lewis with Lewis Board Game Club at the Trinity Gaming Cafe from 7pm through to 11pm, welcoming you for an evening of gaming with a tuck shop on site. Also, Jake and Chris would like to welcome you to Dyson Drinks in Burgess Hill for their Thursday evening socials. Entry is just £5 for the evening, with refreshments available to purchase at the shop. This week saw the cancellation of Crawley Gaming Club due to a team member contracting COVID, but we're hoping everyone is safe and fit and out of isolation for its return on Monday the 17th of January. As with everything at the moment, things can and probably will come unstuck at some point, so say posted to the socials for the groups just in case anything has to change, but as I've said before, the board gaming community is a pretty sensible one and none of us would attend any event if we thought ourselves as a potential risk to others. Well, Brian, I'm surprised I got through all that. Well, yeah, I had to leave some of it for next week, didn't I? Okay, I know, we've got to do it, haven't we? We've got to go and get some exercise done. Well, the leash Jason's got round me does go most of the way around the shed, so we'll just have to do circuits. But before that, say goodbye to everyone, will you? We wish you all a very happy new year from us here in the new shed, and it only leaves me to sign off. Keep safe, meeples. Keep those dice rolling, the cards shuffling, and we'll be right here for you next week. Thank you very much for that, Paul, and thank you guys for joining me here for the first episode of 2022. Again, I can only apologise that it's only me here. This this whole COVID jail thing is is a right royal pain, uh, but I'm hoping next week, I am starting to test negative on, on all my tests now, so hopefully next week we'll be back to normal. I can get James back in the studio. Hopefully we're going to play some games this week for us to talk about. At the very least, we can come in and we can do a topical episode for you. We have got interviews lined up for the next few weeks, um, so hopefully they will start appearing within the next month. But uh, yeah, time will tell. We're not going to rush everything this year. We're going to try and put out the best content we possibly can, and if that means taking slightly longer to do it, we so will do that. As for release schedule, we are intending on keeping it as we did last year. It's going to be every Tuesday morning, Greenwich Mean Time, about 7am. But, you know, your, your various different podcast platforms just take the feed as and when they do. But generally, it's by 7am on Tuesdays. But other than that, guys, again, I can only say a massive thank you for supporting us here with with your listens. It is literally the best thing you can do is just to continue to support the episodes, listen to them, download them all, listen to them, share them with your friends and family. That will be great. Anyone you think that might enjoy our content, give them a link. You never know. They might well subscribe out of it. If you don't subscribe, I would like to remind you that it is totally free. You don't have to pay in order to subscribe to our content. So you can do that on pretty much all podcast listening platforms the popular ones tend to be apple podcasts and spotify um i personally use pocket casts i know there's a few people that use google podcasts uh castbox podbean all of those lovely places they're all great they all do the same thing you can all subscribe on them the new one this year on the block is facebook you can actually listen to this episode through facebook and the best thing about the facebook one is you can even comment on the episodes so we are going to be urging people to do that as much as possible this year because that gives us another stream where we can interact with you the fans of this show but short of that guys i'm going to say goodbye thank you very much for joining us my name has been jason and you have been listening to the meeple minded podcast have a great new year guys 
We will see you next week for more tabletop gaming goodness. Ta-ta, goodbye.